The Flourishing Workplace podcast is all about business and nonprofit leaders who are changing things. It's for the innovators, the risk takers, and the change agents who are going beyond business as usual, and they're creating the future. They are done with the status quo, and they are rising to a new opportunity. They think innovation, and they create it. Whether you're listening at work, at the gym, or on your commute, here you're going to find inspiration for your business or nonprofit to have impact and to create workplaces, people, and communities that flourish. Welcome back to the Flourishing Workplace Podcast. I'm Connie Jacob, the Senior Manager of Wellness Innovate. And with us today, we have Emily Zhang. Welcome, Emily. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here today. Oh, we're thrilled to have you. Um, You know, you have such an amazing story. Every time I hear your story about, you know, the experience that you've had with workplace and even finding purpose, maybe we'll have a part two someday. But, um, you know, on this podcast, we really try to speak to that, that workplace culture. And, uh, you know, you have such a great story around that and where you're at now. I was wondering if you could tell our listeners a little bit about that. Absolutely. So I started my career at a large energy company in Calgary as an engineer. And, you know, I was really fortunate to be able to move around the company, given lots of different opportunities to try out diverse roles. And I eventually progressed into a formal leadership role. And I was thrilled because, you know, leadership and being of service to others has long been a passion of mine. And I pursued, you know, leadership and volunteer capacities with nonprofits. So I was really excited to formally enter this phase of my life a few years ago. And uh, for me, my perfectionist and overachieving tendencies put a lot of pressure on myself to perform and just always do more. So eventually I found this combined with external pressure to perform as well and, and also balancing a young family. It created a lot of stress in my life. And, you know, the way people handle stress is all different, right? I was taught to be strong and and independent. So I had a hard time actually asking for help, even though, you know, I was always encouraging my team members and peers to reach out for help when they they needed it. But I, you know, had problems practicing that myself. And I also was a people pleaser. So I had a hard time saying no. So I found myself just taking on way too much in my roles. And I was also taught to be professional and always, you know, present myself in a certain way in the workplace. So I found when I was stressed and overwhelmed and struggling inside, I would still wear this mask of professionalism at work and I'd always put on a smile. And, you know, over time, this just wasn't working. And eventually I found that just my internal pressures on myself, the external work pressures, and then combined with juggling family and a mental health challenge in my family. And then on top of that, a debilitating injury a couple of years ago, just all culminated in me becoming burnt out and eventually experiencing depression and anxiety. So when that happened, I took a couple of weeks off to rest and rehabilitate and found that that wasn't enough. So I actually asked for it an unpaid leave of absence so that I could just focus on my health and my family. And, and it wasn't just health, it's my family was suffering. And I was super fortunate to be granted this leave. And during the leave, I had a chance to reflect on what happened, what I experienced and what I needed. 
And I realize I, I have this burning passion still for leadership, but also for helping others. And, and just during this leave and um, just some of the experiences I had, I kind of started on a new path toward mental health. And I realized this is where my heart lies. So I quit my job in November of 2020 during the pandemic when a lot of people were looking for jobs. And I'm actually now applying for a Master of Counseling Psychology program because I want to you know, go into the mental health field full on and help people with their mental health challenges. And part of that passion I have is for workplace mental health because I do believe that you know, there's many people having um, their own struggles and people can absolutely thrive in the workplace, but with the right conditions. Oh, I love what you just said there, that they can. And I think the workplace that you described, you know, having to show up professional. I mean, we obviously promote professionalism, but there's a there's something about what you said there, like even that it would, would drive your perfectionism uh, a little too far, you know, and that you were burning out. How many times are we hearing that people are burning out when when the workplace has an opportunity to create somewhere where people can flourish. And so I'm curious, you know, what are you noticing in the workplace? Because you're still connected. You still hear things and you're still uh, very much a go-getter. What, what are you noticing in the workplace regarding, say, mental health and culture? So, you know, I talked about feeling this pressure to perform. And I know that it's not just me who feels that. I know by talking to people and observing, too, that... You know, a lot of folks are feeling this pressure to perform and they've got other challenges, you know, from, you know, their home lives or maybe interpersonal workplace um, conflicts or whatever it is that kind of, you know, compound the issues around mental health and it's presenting a lot of problems for a lot of people. And so um, with, you know, COVID, let's just say, in some cases, I've heard some workplaces, you know, the pressure to perform hasn't dropped Yet employees may be working from home and they've got children around. They're not in daycare or, you know, they're um, uh, out of school early. And, and there's a lot of tension with just staying at home with your family for extended periods of time. So these pressures and these challenges really build and it's hard to keep them from spilling into your workplace, right? And so many people and families are struggling. Um, and, it, and it's not just during COVID. So before the pandemic, um, I actually started sharing more openly about my own anxiety and depression with certain colleagues. And as I started sharing, like people started coming out of the woodworks and telling me about their own struggles. And, you know, on the one hand, I felt really honored that they would trust me with their stories. Um, and I felt really rewarded that I could just listen and sometimes point them to resources. But it also just um, was a surprise because, I mean, there's so many folks struggling in silence and they feel the stigma around mental illness and they don't have the right supports to thrive. And so as a result, I've noticed more and more people taking you know, disability leave due to mental health issues or even leaving the workplace altogether. And you know, sometimes people leaving the workplace is for the best and it's the right thing for them, like it was for me, because you know, I've really changed and evolved and I really want to pursue something that I'm you know, really on fire about. But sometimes believe because they just feel like they're not getting the support they need and quite often these are high performance and high performers and so the company ends up losing out and so you know i i think we need to we need to change something there 
And when I said, you know, there's still stigma that I notice around mental health, I mean, a lot of people, the truth is a lot of people are talking about it more with um, the onset of COVID and being, you know, locked down, but there's still so many people who are uncomfortable when that topic comes up. And I remember a few years ago, there was a presentation on employee mental health given to our leadership team. And I decided at that point, I'm going to be brave and I'm going to share that I had struggled with, you know, postpartum depression. I struggled with anxiety. And interestingly, the room was pretty silent, except for one gentleman who you know, started sharing his own challenges. But, it, you know, it, I just think it's not talked about enough. So people don't necessarily know how to react. And the stigma is just still too real. And isn't that the truth? I love that you took time to listen to people and that people listen to you. That, you know, right there, just that in the workplace could make a huge difference. And I mean, the question is when, you know, lunch breaks and, and coffee breaks, things like that, it's possible. But this idea of stigma that you've brought up, I mean, it's amazing that mental health has never had more attention. And then at the same time, we seem to think that everyone else, you know, should struggle except for me. I'm educated, so I, I won't struggle. I have a high executive job. I'm a high performer. I shouldn't struggle or my family shouldn't struggle. And I think that's what creates this stigma is that we think that, oh, mental health, yeah, that's okay, we support it, but, but not in my own family, not in me, that's where I draw the line. And I think, I think that you brought up a really important question. So I'm curious, Emily, in your perspective, coming from the workplace, coming from corporate, what do you think needs uh, to change in the workplace? And so I've, I've got quite a few ideas, but you know, what you say about really, you know, the fact that mental health challenges can happen to anyone, yet we sometimes think it's a them problem. Um, it happens because there are absolutely people struggling who just don't feel comfortable sharing. When we have that um, scarcity in conversation, you can't break through that stigma. So one thing is we need more people to talk about it. Um, you know, I was actually really lucky um, that anytime I shared about my challenges, you know, people didn't come with judgment. People came with empathy. They called me brave. And then they, like I said, they felt like they could open up and share their stories. Actually, that was, you know, part of my move into the mental health field and wanting to go into counseling psychology is I just, I saw how much people needed to be able to talk about it and to be able to confide in somebody. And I was lucky because I had a leader who led by example. And that's another thing we need. We need leaders to lead by example. So my own leader once shared his struggles and how he had reached out for help. And he shared this across our department. And this set an important tone because it normalizes mental health challenges that little bit more and like every little action that I think we take just adds to that normalization and that's so important and so it meant that you know when I was starting to struggle again with my mental health I could go to my leader and I remember you know my director my VP they were so supportive and I just felt such relief being able to share this so on the one hand that's great we need more of it but on the other hand like it breaks my heart to 
reflect that I was so worried about revealing a part of me related to like a mental ailment, but I never would have thought twice about, you know, asking for accommodations or uh, for a physical illness, right? If I broke my arm or I, I did hurt my knee very badly, like there was never any embarrassment or shame in talking about that. And so, you know, one, yeah, what I, we need to talk about it more and we need leaders to, um, you know, really understand what it's about. And we also need leaders to be trained, I think, to understand that different employees have different motivations and needs. So, you know, like I said, I was struggling with a lot of internal pressure. I put on so much pressure um, that I didn't need to, but that's just how I had, uh, I guess, been raised. And, and I, I think we need leaders to really cue in on, you know, when different employees might be struggling with different things and really check in and, um, you know, provide support or empowerment and equip people to take care of themselves before they go down this bad path of burnout or depression like I had. And um, one more thing that I would like to see change, when I talk about, you know, the not differentiating between physical illness and mental illness is sick days. It took me a while to really recognize my struggles and I, uh, I never would have thought to take a sick day, for instance, to just take a break and give myself a chance to let the pressure off a little bit. But if I had the flu, I had no problems, you know, taking a sick day. And I really think from an organizational perspective, wouldn't it be wonderful if companies could, you know, be very clear that we do value mental health as much as we value physical health and safety. And that sick days can be used for mental health days. And I'm not saying that it's companies, you know, um, responsibility alone to really take care of employee mental health. Like we as individuals need to take accountability, right? Like we need to understand when we're maybe struggling and reach out for help. And I wish personally that I had noticed my own struggles earlier and, you know, reached out earlier. But, um, you know, so I think companies and individuals have an opportunity to really partner and create the environment where everybody can thrive. Yes. Yes. I agree a hundred percent with you. And it is, it is a two way. Absolutely. And it, it does start with the leadership deciding, you know, um, one of my favorite culture creating statements is from Seth Godin. He says, people like us do things like this. And, you know, when we create a culture where it's like people like us at this workplace, this is what we do around the support of our employees. This is what we do around company culture. And that's actually why we created our flourishing framework, uh, our flourishing workplace course for companies, because this is now a framework here. People like you could do something like this, you know, becoming values-based, becoming purpose-based. How do you show up as a leader? How do we, how do we move the needle on these issues um, so that someone like yourself, you know, doesn't end up floundering it's so important um, especially you know someone like yourself you you are a high achiever and then I think of all those high achiever great employees that that companies have lost that have maybe become entrepreneurs or they've moved on and really they could have kept them if they would have just had something in place 
And so I'm thrilled to have you on our on our team. I'm I think this is great. Um, you know, I'm curious what you think of this program so far. Yeah. So you know, um, I'm really impressed that you and um, Abe and Dr. Wayne have put together this really thoughtful program because you know what I like about it. What drew me to it is you guys really understand the return on an investment of caring about employee wellness, about putting people first, but recognizing that, you know, it's employee wellness is strongly tied to business outcomes. It's not just about taking care of people for the sake of taking care of people as employees, but it's about enabling high performance and enabling positive outcomes and win-win situations for the individual and for the organization. And so, you know, I, I just think that the framework is it's great because it's not just another framework. I mean, I've seen um, you know, lots of programs in organizations. Um, some are successful, some kind of are introduced and then just die off. And what I would like to think about this program is that it's it's got a more holistic lens than others that I've seen. And because it's developed by a psychologist, a resilience expert like yourself, business leader. So it's, it's you know, got... Um, you know, meet and credibility there. And it's also, I like that it's founded on positive psychology and change theory and, and business principles. I like that. I like the structure. I like the foundation of it. And it looks at employees in the context of their professional and personal environment. And that kind of integrated approach, I think, is really important. Um, you know, like I said, when you have personal challenges, it spills into the workplace. When you have workplace challenges, it spills into your personal and community life. So, you know, we can't separate the two. And so I really think this program understands that people need that purpose, like you mentioned, um, and the right supports in the workplace to do well, but not do well just in terms of, you know, productivity for the workplace, but but have that wellness really extend into other parts of their lives and their communities. And so, yeah, I, I, I think that innovative organizations have started to introduce more, you know, employee mental health programs into their workplaces, but I haven't seen any really concrete programs out there that's holistic like this. And so, that's where I think Flourishing Workplace Program has the opportunity to fill in that gap and really help other organizations. Oh, that's amazing. Well, and I agree, you know, it, it's time. It, it's time for it. And I, I just, I love your story, Emily. I love where you're coming from. I love that, you know, you're, you're living your purpose now and your passion. And I, I'm really thankful that you took some time on our podcast today to speak you know, from an employee experience, but also someone who was project managing, leading teams, um, what you have been noticing. I, I just appreciate you being here so much. And if anyone listening is interested in just having a conversation around our flourishing framework, we would love that. You can email me, Connie at wellnessinnovate.com. Um, you can go to flourishingworkplace.com to find out more. Step in on one of our free webinars. You know, this is where we explain what we're doing. But it really is time. And I want to thank you for your time, Emily. Oh, thank you so much. I've enjoyed this. You know, I love the opportunity to be able to share my story. And, you know, just like, you know, sharing my challenges with mental health, I think the more we can be authentic and real and get our stories out there, 
the more it normalizes, um, you know, struggles like mental health and provides opportunities for people to connect and reach out. Yeah, well I'm said. Glad to be here. Oh, that's great. Well, thanks again for joining us. And thank you to our audience for joining us. And we will see you next week.